I'm reading today from Ezekiel chapter 33, beginning at verse 1. Again, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people, and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon a land, if the people of the land take a man of their coast and set him for their watchman, if when he seeth the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people, then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his head his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning. His blood shall be upon him. But he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchman see the sword come and blow not the trumpet and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity. But his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. If thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity. But his blood, will I require at thine hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. Isaiah, in his 21st chapter, in the 21st chapter of his writing, in the third verse said, For thus hath the Lord said unto me, Go, said a watchman, Let him declare what he seeth. You skip down to the 11th verse. It says, The burden of Duma. He calleth to me out of Seir. Watchman, what of the night? Watchman, what of the night? The watchman said, The morning cometh, and also the night. If ye will inquire, inquire ye. Return, come. You may be seated. So it's the first Sunday of 2020. What a day we live in. If you go study the Word of the Lord, you will understand that in the Old Testament, the cities built towers around the walls of the city. And in those towers, there were appointed unto them watchmen. The watchman was the defense of the city. If the enemy were to come at night or at day, then the watchman was obligated to sound the alarm and sound the warning. I read to you in in Ezekiel chapter chapter, uh, 33 of the things that God told Ezekiel concerning watchmen. And he said this, if I set a watchman up and the watchman warns you and you do not heed that warning, then your blood is on your head. But if I set a watchman up and he does not tell you, and I speak to him and tell him a message to the people, then the watchman 
the blood of the people is upon his head. So I take from the Old Testament my text today, the vision of the watchman. The watchman. You see, I am a preacher that still believes that there is a five-fold ministry in the church. I still believe in the apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists as Paul spoke to them in the book about them in the book of Ephesians. I believe they are all for the perfecting of the church. They are for the leadership and guiding us into the ways of God and there are different roles of the apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists. We call that the fivefold ministry. Furthermore, I'll just go a little further. I still believe the gifts of the Spirit ought to operate in the church. I believe that this church ought to operate in the gifts of the Spirit according to the book of God. Does anybody believe that with me? I still believe those things. They're spiritual gifts that God gives the church, and none of them are exempt from the apostolic church of 2020. I believe that. But in, in believing of the fivefold ministry, I believe that God has set forth pastors to be watchmen. I don't believe we're living in the times of Babylon and other cities. If you read the story, the whole chapter, and you begin to understand what Isaiah was talking about when he talked about the burden of Duma. He, when he, talk, he was talking about Babylonian captivity. He was talking about Israel going into Babylonian captivity. A very, a very tough time for the children of Israel. But I, I believe that in the 20th, 21st century that God has called the ministry to talk to the church. And that's exactly what I'm about to do to this church on this Sunday morning. I, I, I do not pleasure myself in being the head. I, I don't brag or come in a braggadocious spirit. But here's what I do believe. I do, do believe that you can't be saved without a preacher. And they can't be saved and they can't preach unless they're sent. The Bible says that, that you need the man of God in your life. And I don't, I don't today, I, I, I cringe when people brag on me because, and I told the Lord standing here just a few minutes ago, my words and my worship was, Lord, this day let me decrease and I want you to increase. I want you to be God over everything today. It's not about me. It's about God this morning. It's not about the preacher behind the pulpit. I am only coming as the voice of God on this January morning of 2020. I believe that God has a message for the church of the end time. I believe that we are going to see things in 2020 like we have never seen before. Let me paint you the picture when God spoke through the watchman in Isaiah. He said, the morning cometh, but he said also the night. I did long study in the commentaries today and, and have in the past about what that prophet, that watchman was saying. And this is what it was. The night is an indication of calamity 
and problems and trouble and heartache and pain. But the morning is the time of rejoicing. It's the time of revival. It's the time when the sun bleaks out the darkness and suddenly there is a brand new day. So I've come this morning to talk to you about the night and the morning. I don't know how you feel, but I feel that we are in the darkest times in human history. There is more sin today than there's ever been. There's more degradation today than there's ever been. There is, uh, there's so many things happening. I was reading yesterday, and I, I'll name this because it's all over the news, and you probably saw it too. But I noticed where the Methodist church is splitting because for years, several years past, I think maybe over the last four years, there have been great, great discussions and, and controversy over whether or not to accept homosexuality into the church. They are even, some of them are even saying it's okay for your pastor to be a homosexual or a lesbian. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, these are terrible times. I've come on a Sunday morning with my voice raised high to tell you that what was once a sin is still a sin. And what was once an abomination unto God is still an abomination unto God. I just give thanks to those that are getting out. I just give thanks to those that are saying no. I'm here to preach to you on this morning. The world has made it okay. The world has, has pulled us into, the, into its clutches. And the things that used to be wrong are suddenly wrong no more. I want to tell you, and I'm preaching from the heart today. I'm not here to preach you some sermon that is irrelevant. I'm talking about the times that we live in. We are people upon whom the end of the world have come. And the Bible said they're going to be perilous times. It's going to be times when men are going to be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. It's going to be times when men are loving themselves and not God. And we have put the creature above the Creator. Could I preach to you on this Sunday morning that God is not pleased with the things that are happening in our world right now? I'm just coming as the watchman today. You see, I see people that have been around the church for years and suddenly they're slipping this into their life. And they're slipping that into their life. And, and, and then suddenly what used to be a terrible sin is no longer a sin. That's why Hollywood keeps pounding away at your brain. That's why Hollywood keeps putting pictures in front of your kids. That's why you better learn to when to turn the television set off. You better learn when to put the book down. You better learn when to not go to the, the wrong picture show. What's what we used to call them. They're movies now. I'm here to preach to you on a Sunday. We need a clean heart. We need a pure mind. We need the righteousness of God. We need a baptism of faith. We need the Holy Ghost to saturate us. We need to be surrounded with the love of God and the power, the old-fashioned power of the Holy Ghost. I know you ain't going to like some of this, but I really don't care. Because I read to you that if I don't tell you, the blood's on my hands. But if I tell you and you don't do it, the blood's on your hands. 
I'm not going to stand in judgment and say, well, Lord, I would have, but they paid so much tithes. Uh-uh. Your money ain't going to buy me. I told the Lord two days ago, Lord, I refuse to be a hireling. I refuse to just be up for hire. I've come to this place to preach the gospel without fear or fable. And I'm here to tell you what is sin is sin. And what is black is black. And what is white is white. There is no in-between, ladies and gentlemen. You either are or you are not. Trouble, trouble on every hand. While I'm standing here, we're on the brink of war. While I'm standing here, we're in the, we're in the clutches of war in America, China, Iran, Iraq. The whole Middle East is now again in chaos. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm not criticizing the president. Thank God that he's willing to protect America. That's all I got to say about that. But here's what I'm going to tell you. Here's what I'm going to tell you. It's a Bible prophecy. And the things of the Word of God are suddenly coming true. This is not by accident that these things come to pass. What is happening is that God is looking at a time clock and said, Oh, yeah, it's almost time to say, Come up, my love, my dove, my fair one, and deliver the church out of this world. You can believe what you want to. But if you go study the Scripture... We are perfectly in line with the prophecies of the end of the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not only are we in chaos around the world, we're in chaos in America. I don't care what you are today. I'm not here. I'm not here to talk about all that garbage. I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican or Libertarian or an Independent. I could care less what you call yourself. Here's what I can care about. You better stand up for the morals of America. You better vote for people that are closest to what we believe. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's anywhere near perfect. But here's what I want to tell you. That we have a moral obligation of people of God to stand up what is morally right. And with the political scene that's going on, don't get caught up in the fray. Just go to your knees and say, God, help me to make good decisions and help me to do the right thing because I want to be in the will of God. Come on, somebody. I need some help up in here today. I feel the Holy Ghost in my heart today. I felt I, I told my wife I'm getting up earlier than usual. I've been up a long time. I've been up long enough to make some of your day and you're ready to go back to bed. But here's what I can tell you. When I bowed my knee in prayer this morning, all I could tell you is the Lord spoke to me and He said, Give them the vision of the watchman. This is vision Sunday. If that's what you want to call it, my vision is these are dark times. These are horrible days. These are not good days to raise our kids. These are not good days for, for our school system. It's not good days in politics. It's not good days in world war. It's not good days in more. But I'll tell you what. The morning's coming. Hallelujah. I'm here to preach to you today. Not all the negatives. I come to tell you that God's got a revival that will shake everything on these pews and fill you up with the joy of the Lord and the power of the Holy Ghost. Somebody hear me this morning. The morning is on the way. I refuse to be a part of the darkness. Did you hear me? 
I refuse to be a part of the darkness. I refuse to be a part of the problem. I want to be a part of the solution. The solution is far better than the problem. Any politician that comes along telling you he has all the answers and he leaves God out of the equation is a liar. Can't nobody straighten this mess out but him. You with me today? I'm not giving a political speech. I'm here to tell you where we are. We're looking at dark times. Look, look. I, I, I know. I know I'm going to tread on a little dangerous ground with some of you, but here I am. I'm pretty much known for that. So here I go. You see, I don't believe in drinking Christians. You want to know how I feel? There was a little article somebody put on Facebook this week. It's a friend of mine, and I grabbed it and put it on my page. Fifty reasons why I don't drink. I'm just going to hit things head on here today. I don't care who you are. How would you like it if your preacher had a wine glass in one hand and a Bible in the other? To all you visitors, welcome. We thank you for coming. I'm just preaching truth today. Well, preacher, the Bible said, the, the Bible said, yeah, uh, look, go study the Word of God and then study the history and tell me one good thing that it, that it does for you. You can start sipping a little wine and the first thing you know, you're going to sip a little more wine and the first thing you know, it's a little more wine. And the first thing you know, you're an alcoholic and you got to have it every day. And then it takes a little more to make you feel a little better. And the first thing you know, you are driven by that. And your family is torn apart. And your money's going to that. And your life is a wreck. And you're winding up at the bottom when you used to be at the top. I'm just preaching to you today. Thank you, Shelly, for clapping your hands because you know what I'm talking about. I'm telling you the Bible said, well, the Bible said this. Uh, the Bible said a little while. I don't care what you believe. I'm here to tell you this i can take the word of god and prove to you that what we are doing as christians is the right thing the bible said let not your good be evil spoken of i don't know why i'm saying all this but if you're in here and i'm hitting you it may be so i won't have to answer for you in judgment it may be that god would say you heard it on a sunday morning on january the 5th of 2020 now what are you going to do with it i'm here to tell you today what we need is not a wine glass we need a Bible. We need Holy Ghost power. We need people that know how to pray. We need people that know how to live for God. We need people that know how to go out of the world every day and let your light so shine before men that they may glorify God because of your works. And guess what? I don't take one cent of it back. Watchman, what of the night? The night's making everything okay. You can live together without being married now. You can be a Christian without being married now. No, you can't! The 
It's not the way to win friends and influence people. We're going to start off 2020 right. We might as well get down right to the rough of it. We might as well get down right where we live. Because the world's telling people it is all right. The world's saying, oh, yeah, it's okay. I'm a Christian. Yeah. You know what? You can go find you a preacher that'll tickle your ears today. And there's churches in town that'll pat you on the back and take your money and tell you you're okay by what you're doing. But you're looking at one preacher that plans to stand in the judgment bar of God with you. And I'm going to say, no, 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 no. God, I said it. I preached it. I told it. I said it like it was. This watchman has come off the wall tonight to tell you there's a night here at the morning that's coming. It's going to be the greatest outpouring of the Holy Ghost the world has ever seen. And that is going to happen. Woo, hallelujah. Man, I feel empowered today. Here's what the Bible said. You can build and you can... I, as the watchman, can awake, and I can warn you, and I can tell you, but Psalms 127 and 1 said it best. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. And except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh, but in vain. All my preaching won't do any good. All my, all my, my passion won't do any good. Unless God gets in charge of your life. Here's what needs to happen to every one of us today. In this week of consecration, I'm going to challenge you to repent. I'm going to challenge you to take yourself and and fall prostrate before God. And say, Lord, here I am. I am laying it all on the line. I want you to take, I dare you to pray this prayer. I want you to take everything out of me that is unlike you. Every bad word. Every way of living. Every thought. I want you to deliver me today. I come before you on this on this consecration week. Because you see, unless the Lord build the house, they that labor, labor in vain. I can preach all day long. But what it's going to take, Brother Hodge, is an old-fashioned move of the Holy Ghost. For somebody to get anointed. For somebody to get passionate. For somebody to have desire. For somebody to get hungry for God. That's what it's going to take for us to have what we need in God. Oh, somebody hear me today. My vision is a dark hour, but my further vision is this could be the greatest time the church has ever lived. Go to Acts 2. Put it on the screen. Acts 2. Holy Ghost fell in Acts 2. Peter stood up and talked to them said, these men are not drunk as you suppose. Seeing it's only the third hour of the day. It was 9 o'clock in the morning. He said they hadn't had time to get drunk. But this is that. Go to that scripture. This is that. Down around 12, 14, somewhere in that neighborhood. This is that. Which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days. I'm looking around. In the last days. Everybody say the last day. We believe we're in the last day. 
stuff. In the last days, saith God, I'm going to sprinkle my spirit on all flesh. Is that what he said? In the last days, saith God. You ready? I'm going to pour. I'm going to pour. This is what I'm going to do. I ain't going to sprinkle it on you. I'm going to pour it all over you. I'm going to pour my spirit out. Whoever wants it can have it. In the last days, when trouble's in the Middle East, when homosexuality is rampant, when sin is everywhere, when there's so much adultery and fornication and lying and thieving and there's sin on every hand, well, that's going on. He said, Sister Burdock, I'm going to pour. I'm just going to come along and I'm going to pour my spirit out. I'm going to get in trouble by Earlene, but I'm still pouring. I'm pouring. Hallelujah. Here's what God said He was going to do. I'd just go pour. I'd pour it on some of you if I thought it really had power today. But I'm telling you on this Sunday morning, if you believe what I believe, I I see a vision of an outpouring of the Holy Ghost upon these people. I see a vision of God slaying people in the Spirit. Where people speak in tongues. Where the Holy Ghost comes. And the power of God is upon the church. Now, some of you don't believe that. Some of you are saying, well, I don't see how that's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. But I want to tell you, he's going to pour it on every Pentecostal. He's going to pour it on every Baptist. He's going to pour it on every Methodist. He's going to pour it on every Church of God, every Assembly of God, every Church of Christ, every Catholic. God, if you're hungry, will pour the Holy Ghost down on you. And it's going to happen in the last days. He said it's going to happen when everything's a mess. If you go study the last days, we're in it. We're not waiting on it. We're not looking for it. We are they upon whom the ends of the world have come. We are they who are looking the face of the rapture right now. I'm telling you, I don't know when he's coming. But here's what I do know. We are closer than when we first believed. I want to stay full of the Holy Ghost. You know how you're saved? By the washing of regeneration. Everybody say the washing of regeneration. That's what the Bible said. The washing of regeneration. We are washed. We are sanctified. We are justified. We are washed. And so we are regenerated. But the Bible didn't stop there. The Bible said we are saved by the renewing. Of the Holy Ghost. Now here's where I'm at today. Some of you may have never received the Holy Ghost. But if you want it, you can have it. Because it's being poured out on, on this generation right now. But not just that. Listen to me. The renewing. How long has it been? How long? I got to talking to God this morning. And I said, God, I, I just want to be renewed. I want a fresh anointing. I found myself in a dark a dark office way before the sun came up this morning speaking in a heavenly language and falling before God and saying, God, restore in me, renew in me. Here's what David said. Oh, God, create in me a clean heart and renew in me a right spirit. Oh, God, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Renew me, God. Restore me, God. Purge me with hyssop. Clean me up. Get me back to where I need to be.
there anybody that believes what I'm preaching today? Is there anybody here that needs a renewing today? You just need to be renewed of the Holy Ghost today. Let me tell you something. Listen to me. I might as well get all of it out here while I'm preaching today. Listen. Listen. When you get a renewing of the Holy Ghost, you'll fall in love with Jesus again. He will become your first love. It'll be more important than money in the bank. It'll be more important than the job you have. It'll be more important than the car you drive when you fall in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. I was laying there last night trying to go to sleep. Laid, tried to go to bed early, couldn't. Laid there staring at the ceiling. And the song kept going over in my mind. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. And I like this line. It's the best thing I've ever done. Then you know what it says? In his arms, I feel protection. In his arms, never disconnected. In his arms, I feel protected. It's the best thing that I've ever done. Falling in love. With Jesus, falling in love with Jesus, falling in love with Jesus, it's the best thing that I've ever done. How about you today? How about you today? How about you today? better than anything I've ever done. And every time I get down and start praying, Brother Robert, and I get full of the Holy Ghost, I realize it's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I love everything around me. and Thank God for a good house and a good car and a good family and a good wife and good kids, good grandkids. Thank God for everything. But falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. It's the best thing I've ever, ever done. Here's my vision today. Listen to me right now. If God called me to be the watchman, obviously He did. I, I I thoroughly, I could tell you stories about coming to this church. I don't have time to tell them all. I'll tell you one thing. I was pastoring in a church where I could have pastored till I died. They still love me. They still call me. I love the place where I was at, but God wanted me here. My dad called me and said, I need you here. I said, Lord, I can't go there. Because I had to take cut and pay to go there. I did. Take a 50% cut to pay to come to this church. I said, Lord, I owe too much money. I can't go there without. I got a family to look out after. The Lord kept talking to me, and this is a true story. I'm telling you the honest truth. I said, Lord, if you want me to go there, you let somebody come give me $15,000. That was a lot of money in 1989. 
It wasn't but just a day or so, Brother Jimmy, but somebody knocked on my door. Didn't go to my church. Just somebody in the community said, Pastor, God bless me with the insurance settlement. I'm going to pay my tithes to you. I wanted to go directly to you. Handed me a $15,000 check. I know some of you don't believe that kind of stuff, but that happened, whether you believe it or not. So I packed my bags and I brought my family. And here we are 30 and a half years later. I hope God's not through with me because I'm not through with Him. I can't keep preaching like I'm preaching because I'm already give out. But here's what I'll tell you. I'm here because God put me here. I'm here because God brought me here. I'm here because that's what God wanted out of me. But since I'm here, if I'm the watchman, i got to be honest with you today. We can't, we can't just fall every whim and fancy of this old world. We got to keep living righteous. We got to keep living holy. We got to keep living for God. We got to get up every day with God on our mind. We got to go to bed with God on our mind. We got to get rid of all the junk out of our lives that the world and the devil is trying to convince us that it's okay. We got to get rid of that stuff. I will tell you, I'm preaching to you this morning with a great burden. You hear me? If you got one thing in your house, if you got a dirty movie in your house, you ought to go burn it before the sun goes down today. If you got a dirty book in your house, you ought to get rid of it. And furthermore, I'm not here to preach against television. I got one. But I'm going to tell you, you better learn when to turn the knob and get off that junk that's on the television. I'm just telling you, we're living in wicked times. The devil's using every means he can to get to you and to get to me. He's doing everything he can to destroy our faith and destroy our values and destroy our morals. He's doing everything he can. I'm going to fight him every step of the way. I'm going to stand up every time I can and say, you lying, thieving, killing, destroying devil. I'm claiming victory in the name of Jesus because you see, I may... I may see the darkness. I may see the night. But I also see the morning. And there's a rapture coming. And it won't be long. You do not have time to play church. You do not have time to play religion. You do not have time. If you think you'll come here and I'm going to soothe your conscience every Sunday, think again. If that's what you're looking for, get rid of me. I won't be your man. I'll go find people that's hungry for truth. But if you want somebody that's going to tell you what it takes to be saved, I still believe you got to repent. I still believe you have to have the Holy Ghost. I still believe you need to be baptized in water in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I still believe all of that because that's the Word of God. And I believe God's sending a revival. And we'll touch every soul in this building. Stand all over this house. I started out to follow you a long, long time ago. I've been 
remember a place. So I'm going to be renewed today. Who wants to meet me at the front of this church on the first Sunday of 2020? to commit on this week of consecration. I need some people to meet me and I need all of you here to move as close around the front of this church as you can. This is the beginning of a week of consecration. This is where we start right here on a Sunday morning. I don't know. I may have hurt your feelings. I hope I didn't. But you go check me by the word of the Lord and see if I'm telling you the truth. Go check me by God's word and just see if I'm speaking truth to you today. Bring your families. Come on. Come on, Sister Kim. Come right up here. Come on, Jada. I'm so glad you're home, Jada. I love you. Come on up. Come on up. I just want you to get close today. I just want you to get close today. Come on. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. It's commitment time. It's the first Sunday of 2020. Why don't you get your husband or your wife or your kids by the hand and say, come on, kids. Come on, honey. We're going to serve God like we never served Him before. We laid some things down in our life that's trying to derail us, that's trying to distract us. We're getting rid of some things. We're getting rid of some things. We're going to pray like we've never prayed and worship like we've never worshipped and give like we've never killed. And we're hungry. We want to be saved. How many of you in this room could just hit me like a, a ton of bricks? How many of you in this room right now would, would just answer me honestly? How many of you in this room want to go to heaven? You want to be saved? Hold your hand up all over this room. You have to make consecration and dedication to get there. You have the key in your hand. You have the will and the might to do that. But here's what you got to do today. You got to put it all before Him. Not just today, but 2020 is going to be my year. 2020 is going to be my time. 2020, I'm going to overcome those things that have come against me. The darkness was upon the prophet, and he said, I see night. 
I see captivity coming. I see Babylonian captivity coming. I see a time of depression. I see oppressing spirits coming against Israel. I see tough times coming. But he said, don't worry. I see deliverance. I see something else coming. I see the God of glory coming now and taking care of all this situation with Israel. Oh, can I tell you today, I'm not an Isaiah and I'm not an Ezekiel, but I see black and dark times ahead, but I also see the face of God. And I know that God is coming to deliver and to save and to help and to hold and to heal. Oh, hallelujah. I want you to, if you know this song, sing it. If you don't, just put your hands up, close your eyes, and just say, Lord, this is me. Sing the second verse. I don't know how far I drifted. I don't know how far I drifted. How long it might have been. There's a hunger for your spirit. Yes, Lord.
chain in 2020. The anointing will break every yoke. It's going to break every chain. It's going to tear down every wall. It's going to be a great, fresh anointing that's going to sweep this place. Not only this place, but our city and our world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. For they shall be filled. They shall be filled. If you're hungry, you're going to find it today. You don't have to have me. You've got to have him. You don't have to know me. You've got to know him. You've got to know him. My God, the Holy Ghost is in this house. Just be honest with you today. Struggle. Struggle sometimes. Because modern society says this is how you got to have church now. You don't want to offend anybody. They call it seeker friendly. Seeker friendly is where they take you to another room and pray with you. That's seeker friendly. We're not seeker friendly, but I got a feeling we really are seeker friendly. I struggle because this is not your ordinary way of preaching in 2020. I'm old fashioned. Thank you, Brother Steve. I'm going to remain that way. Four years. And 63 days ago, my daddy died. Tuesday will be five years ago. And I'll never forget what I told him. When I stood before his casket, Dad, I will preach truth until the day I die. I preach this with a loud voice may not have been, but let me just tell you, a crowd is not always a church. can be, but it's not always a church. A church is those that's been baptized in His name and born in His Spirit. A church is those that have been born again. Hallelujah. So I thought about it this morning, and I told Him again. Matter of fact, I know I'm being a little sentimental today, but it's okay. I, I got a blanket that hangs over the chair in my office that my sister had made. I didn't know she was making it or had somebody to make it. It's a bunch of ties my daddy wore. And she took the ties and they put them in a quilt. And, and I leave it in my office. And I went by this morning. I just rubbed it. I said, Dad, you wore these ties. Dad, thank you for teaching me what I know teaching me the right way. I won't ever forget it. And I'm going to keep preaching it to the day they bury me right here. If Jesus don't come, I'm going to be right here. But I'm going to tell you what I'll do. I'll die knowing that this watchman said, be careful. Be careful. I warn you, be careful. Because there's a dark time, but there's also a mighty revival coming. 
God's going to fill this church to the capacity. God's going to fill this place with hungry people. God's going to let there be a rain of the Holy Ghost. I'm saying it in the faith of Jesus today. God's going to do it today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 